Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Portico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Last Thursday, Senator Joe Manchin let Democratic leaders know that he will not support climate or energy spending as part of the party's potential reconciliation package, although the West Virginia senator took to the airwaves on Friday to deny he had rejected that spending. The decision by Manchin, a moderate Democrat who is the key vote in the evenly divided Senate, delivers a devastating blow to his party's efforts to enact a massive spending package that includes climate before the midterms. Instead, Manchin offered another non-climate path to Democratic leadership in the short term. So I said, Chuck, if you're on a political deadline and it has to be done in July, the one thing you know you can get done is basically do the bill, run the piece of legislation on reducing drug prices, letting Medicare negotiate. For months, I've been tracking these negotiations, along with my colleague, Kelsey Tamburino. So today, we talk about the reaction from activists and lawmakers within Manchin's party about what his stance means for future climate and energy legislation, and if Democrats can still get something green passed before the midterms. It's Monday, July 18th. Late last week, we heard that Manchin has basically unequivocally rejected the prospects of passing climate investments, tax increases as part of the reconciliation package before the August recess. Manchin himself came out on Friday and spoke to this and said that he would still be potentially open to a deal in September after he saw the July inflation numbers. But folks in the climate movement and Democrats on the Hill kind of are reading the writing on the wall that this potentially means that any climate investments as part of reconciliation, given the timeline and how much focus there's been on this for over a year, that that could ultimately be dead at this point. Right. And to be clear, Manchin, in his own words, gave us his rationale during a radio interview on West Virginia's Metro News the day after the news broke. Inflation is absolutely killing many, many people. They can't buy gasoline. They have a hard time buying groceries. Everything they buy and consume for their daily lives is a hardship to them. And can't we wait to make sure that we do nothing to add to that? And definitely in our conversations over the last few days, it feels like a lot of Democrats and activists just have lost trust with Manchin and aren't taking a ton of stock into what he's saying around, oh, let's just wait and do this in September, which of course is when folks want to be campaigning for the midterms, do you see a path forward to get something done on climate and energy, or do you feel like Democrats and activists are moving to other avenues at this point? I think that the comment that I've heard the most from folks that I've talked to is this like Lucy in the football analogy that they bring up a lot when they talk about Joe Manchin, given just how long these negotiations have been going on and how They've faltered multiple times over the past year, and they say they've lost trust in Joe Manchin. And one of the things that I've heard from folks a lot is just they've already bent over backwards, they say, to compromise and are accepting things, had been accepting things in the package that they wouldn't otherwise like to appease him. And so I think the idea that he is negotiating in good faith, I think, is hard for a lot of folks to swallow, and they don't necessarily believe him. In terms of a path forward, the signals out of 
leadership, given what we heard last week, is that they're going to move forward on healthcare potentially, that as their only option as part of reconciliation. I was at a press conference with House Democrats on Friday where this point was made that they're running up into a deadline for under ACA. And they say Manchin knows that. They know that they have to pass this healthcare package, what they can get done before the August recess. And that really means that they can't then wait till September to see if Manchin's going to agree to these provisions and agree to the climate package. So on a path forward, I think folks are looking already to executive action. They're looking for the states to step up. And I think we're already seeing just a lot of backlash. We've seen Maren Heinrich, a member of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee that Senator Manchin is the chairman of question his leadership there, given his inaction on climate, he says. So I think the path forward is murky, but I think a lot of folks see climate under reconciliation as no longer an option, and they're looking at other options going forward. That could mean a tax extenders package in the lame duck, but that also has its own challenges. And I think right now people are angry in the climate movement and they're looking for the next steps here. Yeah, I think that's right. We spoke with Senator Tina Smith, who is a leader on the climate pieces of reconciliation. And she said, I mean, it's hard to feel optimistic there's a way to ever getting to a yes with Senator Manchin, given the last year and a half and the experience they've had. So I think, yeah, we're seeing his colleagues really get personal in in the terms that they're using, as you mentioned, calling for losing the gavel on the Senate Energy Committee. So I would agree, it does feel like there's a scramble to look for other options. And what's your sense, though, on and, and what are activists and, and analysts saying around, like, if the legislative vehicle, if reconciliation is really closed? I mean, what does that mean for Biden's climate targets, specifically the goal to cut emissions in half by 2030? I think pretty across the board, I've heard from folks that that target is really going to be unlikely to hit. If there's not action from Congress, we've seen research to that extent. And folks who track this say that really without these tax provisions, without some of the the elements of the tax package, that the clean energy tax package, it's going to be really hard for the administration to meet its targets. It was always the case that this package of credits and some of the other provisions in this bill were really the last best chance advocates had been saying for a while that. Of course, some folks I've also talked to make the point that some of the same things could have been said during 2010 with Waxman Warkey, the same headlines would have appeared and they don't necessarily believe climate activist rhetoric on this. But I do think this idea that where we are and on the world stage right now, it's going to be really hard to meet the targets that the administration has set without action in reconciliation. So I'll add one of the more frustrating elements I've heard from folks on this in the climate space is just Manchin's rhetoric on inflation and this potentially raising inflation. They find that to be disingenuous. And the point that they make is that the solution to the high prices that we're seeing is to long term enact clean energy policy, which they say this package will do. So they also are just skeptical of the argument he's making here. And I think that kind of speaks to the fact that they're distrustful of him at this point. Josh, I know we've both been covering this for a while. The president put out a statement on this Friday afternoon promising executive action in the absence of action from Congress. But what is the timeline we're working with? What kind of next steps does the administration really have here? Yeah, as you said, Biden did finally speak on this. He was a little bit later than other Democrats, but he said the Senate will not move to tackle the climate crisis. I will take strong executive action to meet this moment. We know progressives have been calling for him to do more, but that's very much challenged by 
the recent Supreme Court decision we saw that restricted the EPA's authority to curb emissions in the power sector without clear direction from Congress. So it's very much an open question. We know Republican attorneys general have already previewed that they plan to challenge other agencies acting on climate like the SEC and their climate risk disclosure measure that they're moving. Climate hawks say that should not stop the administration from trying to do what they can. And there's still an insistence that that there is authorities that the administration has and they should use all levers. But for sure, without the legislative option, they feel like there's a really a huge hole that you can't just say one for one, we're going to replace that with executive action. It's just not possible. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.